Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 12 and read through 16. So Philippians 3, 12 through 16. And this is what God's word says. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think in this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. This is God's word. Father, we thank you for this passage. And Lord, we pray that you would open it to us by your Holy Spirit, that you would allow us to understand what is here. And Lord, that you would show us how to live it out in our lives and that you would empower us by the Spirit to do so. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So you guys may have heard someone speak in this way, or you may have heard this uh, maybe in a movie or in, in another circumstance, but you may have heard someone say, who really likes their job, you may have heard them say something along the lines of, I've really found my calling. I've really found my calling. I've, I've found my purpose in life. Um, if you've ever heard someone who is really satisfied with the job that they do or the, the activity that they're, that they're participating in, a lot of times they'll use this kind of language, I found my calling in life. Um, and you don't only hear this in the, the work world, but you also hear this in, uh, in the Christian circles too. For instance, um, when I was uh, searching for a youth pastor job, I remember having many conversations with my wife where I would say, I feel this calling to preach God's word and to disciple students. Or another example of that might be, if you think about Tess and David, who are missionaries in Africa, uh, they felt a calling from the Lord to go out and preach the gospel to a people group who had never heard of Jesus before. Or, and I hope and pray that this is true, maybe some of you in this room feel a calling from the Lord to go out onto the mission field. Maybe you feel a calling to go out and preach to a people group that has never heard of Jesus. And that would be amazing. Uh, another person who you, many of you know who feels a calling to missions is TJ. Uh, TJ was here during the summer, and, and uh, he's coming back for, for Christmas. Um, and he is currently at a Christian school getting a, a, a minor in theology and also a major in nursing with the express purpose of going on to the mission field and having some sort of a, a vocation that he can use as a, a means to sharing the gospel with people who have never heard of Christ. And so these are all different nuances of the word calling. And in tonight's passage, we're actually talking about the idea of calling. 
But we're talking about a calling that God has placed upon every single Christian's life. This calling is the greatest calling in the universe that this passage talks about. It's greater than job or uh, greater than anything else. This calling is the calling of God on the life of every Christian. And so if you're taking notes, um, this passage, what it, what it reveals to us is that in order to be a growing Christian, you must be pursuing God's calling. In order to be a Christian who is growing, you must be pursuing God's calling. Now, as you hear me say that, you might be wondering to yourself, what is this calling that Chris is blabbing on about? What is this calling that he is talking about? Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're, in fact, we're going to ask two questions of this passage, and then we're going, to, we're going to dig into the passage, and we're going to answer these questions based on what we see here. So the first question is this, what is God's calling? What is God's calling? And then second, how do we pursue it? So what is God's calling and how do we pursue that calling? Okay, let's, let's, let's unpack this a little bit. Um, point number one, what is God's calling? Look with me at verse 14 for a moment. Paul, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so this is what you need to know is that God's calling on your life as a Christian, God's calling is to have a deepening relationship with him through Jesus Christ. That is God's calling on every single one of your lives. Without, without exception, without, uh, without you know, anybody being left out, God's calling on Faith's life is that she would have a deepening relationship with the God who made her, loves her, and desires that she know him. Okay? That is the calling of God on your lives. And the, the visual here is actually pretty sweet. Um, so if you look uh, in verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, what's interesting about that phrase there is that literally when you translate it out, it, it's, uh, it's like this. It says, the call to come up. So the call to come up through the reconciling work of Jesus. So another way to think about that, okay? Uh, nah, we don't have time to show that picture. Um, so uh, the way that I think about this, the image that I feel like uh, popped into my brain as soon as I read this is I thought about my daughter when she's laying on the ground and she's, you know, starting to get a little bit grumpy. It's like it's nap time, you know? And uh, so I, I will say something like this, come up here, you. And so I, you know, I pick her up and I call her some sort of cutesy little nickname and I bring her into my arms and then it's like the best feeling in the world. She'll just like, she'll kind of look up at me and then she'll start to fall asleep in my arms. But it's this, I'm calling her up into my arms. I'm calling her up into this, this, uh, this intimate moment of where I just shower her with love. 
And that's the picture that we see here is that God is giving uh, through this passage and through the words of the Apostle Paul, and this is the calling that, that Paul was pursuing as well, he's, he's saying, I'm pursuing this deeper relationship with God. I'm pursuing a, a deepening relationship with God. And that is through Christ Jesus. It's through what Jesus has done in removing the sin issue in your life, okay? Your sins, if you are in Christ, were paid for when Jesus died for them on the cross and God, and God raised Jesus from the dead to prove to your heart that there is no longer any issues between you and God, okay? And so this is God's calling, not only for Paul's life, and he's, he's passionately pursuing it, but it's, it's his calling for our lives as well. And Paul, it, it's, it's amazing the way that he talks about having a deepening relationship with Jesus. He says that he's pursuing it like a prize, that he's pursuing it like a prize. Do you see that there? The goal, the prize he sees a relationship with Christ, as we saw last week, uh, more, uh, more worthy of, of pursuit than anything else. If you read uh, chapter 3, verse 8, he says, everything else is, is loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So Paul, he's, he's pursuing this calling to have a growing and deepening relationship with Jesus. And so my question for us is, as we're thinking about what this passage uh, says to us, I wonder if you see your relationship with God as a prize worth pursuing. I wonder if you see your relationship with God as a prize worth pursuing. Because more often than not, if we're really honest, as we go throughout our days, we spend most of our time kind of doing our own thing and not even really acknowledging the fact that God is always with us at every single moment. That is something that we should never take for granted, and yet we daily take it for granted, that at every single moment of Autumn's life, the triune God lives within you, and you can speak to him at any time moment. But often we don't, we don't recognize that. We don't rejoice in that. We don't delight in that. We don't see that as a, the prize that it is. So my question for us is, uh, maybe, maybe not so much a question, but as a call to action, what can you do this week? Ask this of yourself. What can you do this week to make a conscious effort to deepen your relationship with Jesus? What can you do? I want you to ask that of yourself in this moment. And when you go home, when you walk out of this door, I want you to ask yourself, what can I do this week so that I can know Jesus better? I'll give you some examples. For instance, you can read the Bible sounds so basic, but the reality is, is if you want to know someone, generally speaking, you know them through conversation, right? 
God has given us his word. He has spoken to us through the Bible. And so if you want to know who God is and what he's like and what he says about you, then pick up the Bible and read it. I would encourage you to pick up John's gospel specifically because it gives us some amazing insights into the heart of God. Think about some of the things that you read in those passages and then write them down. Talk to God about the things that you have learned about him. For instance, if you read in Exodus chapter 20, because I know you guys are all reading your Old Testament. Um, if you read in Exodus chapter 20, it says that the Lord is, uh, is abounding in steadfast love. Okay? Now you take, you write that down. You say, my God is abounding in steadfast love. So you take that, you write it down, and then you go to God in prayer and you say, God, I thank you that you are abounding in steadfast love, that you are faithful uh, to a thousand generations. You take these things that you learn about God and his word, and they become part of your relationship with him. So I encourage you this week, because God has a calling on your life to have a deepening relationship with him through Jesus Christ, pursue knowing him more. Pursue hearing his voice in his word. So that's the calling. The calling is to have a deepening relationship with God in Jesus Christ. Okay? But if that's the calling, that's a big calling, right? I mean, that's like know the triune God in all of his complexity. Uh, that sounds like a lot, a lot of work. How, how do you even start? Well, Paul in this passage actually gives us four things that are part of his pursuit of God's particular calling on his life, okay? So let's talk about these other four things. So we've talked about what the calling is. Now let's talk about how we pursue that calling. First, look at verse 12 there. He says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, okay? So let me remind you guys where we're at. He says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect. If you back up a few verses, Paul is talking about, look at verse 10 there, where he says, uh, that I may know him, that is God, and the power of his resurrection. That is, so he's saying, I, my, my goal, actually one, one translation says it is my aim to know Christ Okay, and the power of his resurrection that I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and that by any means possible I may come to the resurrection from the dead. Okay? So Paul is saying here the, the theme of this section is, is growth. Okay? It's, it's uh, growing in a knowledge of God. Um, and growth in Christ-likeness. So you might, uh, a big theological word that we would use for this is the word sanctification, okay? Joel, what's sanctification? Um, it's being made more like Christ. There you go. Okay, so that, that's kind of a big theme in this passage is being made more like Christ or sanctification. 
And so in this section here, the first thing that we see is uh, the context of it is, uh, is sanctification, is growing Christ-likeness. And Paul, the apostle, says... Uh-oh. Uh, Paul the Apostle says this. He says, I'm not perfect, right? I haven't reached a full knowledge of God, but I am, I'm pressing on, right? I'm seeking to grow, right? I, see, I press on to make it my own. And then he gives the reason here. This is important. Look down at your Bible. Look at verse 12. He says, one of the things that he does as he pursues God's calling on his life is this. One of the, is he remembers who he is. Look at, look at that, vast, that last phrase there. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Okay? So here's the logic. Paul says, I am pursuing to know God more and to be uh, made more and more like Jesus because Jesus has bought me. Jesus has made me his own. I belong to Christ, which totally fits with what we saw at the beginning of the letter. When uh, at the beginning, Paul says, Paul and Timmy, servants of Christ Jesus, right? Slaves of Christ Jesus. And so Paul says, he, he, he remembers who he is. This is how he pursues the calling. He, he says, Christ Jesus has made me his own. This is who I am. But not only that, he doesn't only remember who he is, but he also forgets what is behind. So remembering who we are is the first one, and then forgetting what is behind is the second one. Look at verse 13 there for a minute. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. And then we'll talk about that second phrase in a minute. But he says, forgetting what lies behind. Now that's interesting. So what Paul is talking about there is if you back up to verse, right around verse four, he begins talking about his old life prior to becoming a follower of Jesus. And so he kind of lists his, uh, his qualifications as someone who uh, was righteous according to Old Testament standards, okay? So basically, Paul was a Pharisee, which means that he was kind of a big deal as far as being in the, the Jewish uh, religious system. He would have been um, someone who had a, a vast knowledge of the Old Testament, probably had the Old Testament memorized, okay? He would have been someone that uh, your average Jew would have looked up to and thought, wow, this guy, I want to be like that guy, okay? And so Paul says, yeah, that old life, I consider that garbage compared to life with Jesus. And so he says, in the context here, he's saying, I'm forgetting who I used to be because that's not who I am anymore. Backing up to verse 12, who he is, is somebody who is in Christ. Somebody who has a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So he forgets what is behind. But not only does he forget what's behind, he also reaches for what's ahead. Look at, ver look at verse 13 again. He says, he says this, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Now, the image here in that word straining is it's kind of like if you've ever seen a race 
and you've got uh, like in the Olympics and they've got that tape at the very end of the race and you see those people, they're doing this number where they're like trying to, to break the tape first. That's the idea. So it's this intense word where Paul is saying, he's saying, I'm giving it all that I've got. I am pursuing Jesus Christ because that is what lies ahead of him. If you flip back to chapter one, he says in verse 21, for, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Okay. And then he says, verse 23, he says, I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ for that is far better. That's chapter one, verse 23. And so what he's saying here is he's straining towards Christ. He is seeking to know Jesus more. His desire is to know Christ. His desire is to be with Jesus. And that's what he's straining for. That's what he's reaching for. But not only that, look at verse 16 here. Look at verse 16. He says, only let us hold true to what we have attained. So he's, he's remembering who he is. He's forgetting what is behind. He's reaching for what is ahead and he's holding on to what God has said. Okay, where do I get that? He says, only let us hold true to what we have, uh, you might say a different translation would be arrived at or what we have come to. And then back up to verse 15, he says, let those of us who are mature think in this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Okay, okay. So he's, he's conveying this idea of revelation. In other words, what God has said, revealed through his word, verse 16, hold on to that. Hold on to what God has said. And so the four ways that Paul is pursuing this calling of a deepening relationship with Christ is first by remembering who he is, second, by forgetting what is behind, third, by reaching for what is ahead, namely Christ, and last, by holding on to what God has said. And these are the things that Paul does in his daily life that help him pursue the calling of a deepening relationship with Jesus. If you think about it this way, if you play a sport, you are not instantaneously good at it, right? Luke, you didn't just wake up one day and you were a, an amazing soccer player, right? You, you, had, to, you had to work at it, right? Uh, Joel, same, same goes for you, or Zachary, or Jack, you didn't wake up one day and you're just like, I'm the best swimmer ever, right? That just didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> Maybe you said it to yourself. <laughs> Right, and so, or if you're if you're practicing guitar, like it doesn't happen overnight. Like I actually qu quit guitar for a whole year because I sucked so bad. I started playing when I was 15, and I just could not figure it out. So I quit for a whole year because I was so terrible. And then uh, I wound up having knee surgery and stuff, and had a lot of time on my hands. And then I practiced every day for like eight hours, and then I actually started to see some results from that. Right. 
And in a similar way, Paul is saying, here's how you practice pursuing God's calling. Do these four things. Remember who you are. Recall your identity in Christ, that you belong to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has made you his own when he bought you at the cross, okay? Not only that, don't think of yourself in any other way than as someone who has left behind the old life of sin and is pursuing life with Jesus Christ. Think of yourself is okay, you know what? Anything that is not in accordance with God's word, I'm leaving that behind and I am pursuing what God has for me. Okay, forgetting what is behind and then reaching for what is ahead, seeking to know Jesus increasingly more and more and more until one day you see him face to face. And in the meantime, as you are seeking to know him more and more, hold on to what he said in his word. In this illustration, these things, they don't guarantee perfection, right? You're not a perfect soccer player. You're not a perfect swimmer. But what, they, what do they guarantee? Progress. If you practice, you see progress. And in a similar way, your relationship with Jesus is the same. If you are not practicing these four things, do not be surprised if you don't see progress. And so Paul put these things into practice and they helped him grow in his relationship with God and they helped him become more Christ-like. So my, F, my question for you guys is as you're thinking about this this how to pursue the calling of God, which is a deepening relationship with God through Christ, are you putting in effort to grow in your knowledge of God? Are you putting in effort to grow in your relationship with God? Because more often than not, I was a teenager once, believe it or not. Um, and more often than not, it's like, especially if you grow up in the church, you think, well, you know, I re- read my Bible sometimes and that's good enough, right? Or you think, well, I pray before I eat dinner, so that's well, good enough, right? And the answer to that, both of those questions is no, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. What we need to be doing is we need to be pursuing God's calling on our lives to have a deepening relationship with him and putting into practice these four things that we just talked about. But there's some other things that we can very easily put into practice. So this week, take some time and ask yourself, what habits am I putting into practice so that I may know God more deeply? And here's some, here's some ways, some things that are from my own life that have helped me grow in my relationship with Jesus. First is reading your Bible. I know I already hammered on that one earlier, but we're going to do it again. Read your Bible, okay? That's how you 
one of the ways that you know God. But also, and this might sound boring on the face of it, but it's actually really good for you. Read a theology book, people. Read a theology book. Uh, Find someone who is a sound teacher, preferably in the Reformed tradition. But you know what? Uh, That's just my personal preference. Um, But read a theology book, okay? A really simple one that's easy for everybody to understand is a book by a dude named R.C. Sproul, and it's called Everybody's a Theologian, okay? It's a great great book that kind of gives you an introduction to theology, okay? And why why do I say study theology? What does the word theology mean? The study of God, right? Theos is the Greek word for God. And then ology, study. So study of God. So read a theology book. Listen to sermons, okay? There are people who have a walk with Jesus, pastors, leaders, preachers. Uh, Once again, listen to people who are sound biblically. Don't listen to wackos. Um, And if you have questions about who's a wacko, you can ask me or your leaders. They'll help you. Um, Or Brianne, she'll help you. I think her and her dad have a a habit of talking about heretics. Um, So so listen to sermons. Uh, You can also, actually, I was really blessed to hear that some of you who are doing the prayer group at uh, Black Hills, like you're adding Bible study into that. Like, that's awesome. Um, Joel led a Bible study. I was super stoked about that. Um, But do a Bible study with your friends. This is a great way for you to deepen your relationship with God in a group of other people who have that same desire. Okay? Okay. There's a lot of other things. You could study church catechisms, which is what we're doing on Sunday mornings. Um, another shameless plug. Come to core classes if you're not busy at 9 o'clock. Um, you can also study church, uh, what they use the term confessions, which is basically just another, uh, another way of saying a church statement of faith. Okay? You can study these things like Westminster Confession or um, there's the 18... 1869 London Baptist Confession. Um, Both are great, uh, and they will help you uh, get maybe a little bit more of an understanding on certain uh, topics that come up in the Bible. Okay? Um, And then the the last recommendation that I have for you, which surprised leaders, didn't tell you I was gonna do this, but ask your small group leader what they do to deepen their relationship with God. So guys, you have maybe a few minutes to be thinking about this as you, before you go into small group, but ask your small group leader, Abby, what do you do to know Jesus better? And then Abby will have an eloquent answer for you. She has all the answers. Um, <laughs> so, so those are some very practical, practical things that you guys can do to also deepen your relationship with Jesus to pursue this calling that God has on your life. Because I just don't think that we understand just how much God wants us to know him. I've been studying uh, this, this thread that runs throughout the Bible, um, but this phrase of, I will be their God, they shall be my people, and I will dwell with them, runs all throughout the Bible. 
this idea that God wants to dwell with his people comes up some 33 times all throughout the Old and New Testament. But it's this idea that even when you think about when God first created Adam and Eve, first he created mankind, and then what's the next thing he did? He created the garden. So he created mankind, and then he created a meeting place where they could meet together. It says that Adam walked with God in the garden. They spoke with God. This is what God wants for you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to know him. And I'll just finish with with this, is that sometimes, sometimes we think that what God wants is for us to be good people. That that's like, that's the sum, the sum total of what it means to be a Christian is you're just a nice person. But guess what? Hell will be filled with nice people who never knew Jesus. God does not want you to be a good person only. He wants you to know him. And when you come to know him, it changes how you live your life. It changes everything about you. I'll close with this. Michael Reeves once said, Michael Reeves once said this. He said that being a Christian is about knowing God more. To know and grow to enjoy God is why he has saved you. And so it is my prayer, and I hope it's your prayer, that God will help us to desire to have a deepening relationship with him and to pursue that calling. Let's pray.